Welcome to the Nature MI podcast. Here, we uncover nature-inspired solutions to the world's most urgent problems, like climate change and global pandemics. We talk with thought leaders and innovators who are taking their cues from nature, and we explore ways to unravel nature's deepest secrets. Now here's your host, a man who finds inspiration in nature on a daily basis, Dr. Victor Shamas. Is it possible to remake the world? This question has never seemed more pertinent or relevant than right now. It seems that the world around us, what we have known up to now, is descending into chaos. We're faced with pandemics and climate change, political corruption of the highest order, an absence of leadership in virtually every nation of the world. And yet, we have the power to create something completely different. This power stems from the experience of inspiration. I wrote about this in my last book, Deep Creativity, Inside the Creative Mystery. Look what happens at the hands of people who are genuinely inspired. A Mahatma Gandhi, or Martin Luther King, or the Beatles, or Mother Teresa. Somebody with passion and focus who understands how to tap into the power of creative inspiration and channel that power towards creating lasting, meaningful change can make all the difference in the world. The reason for this podcast, Nature Am I, is that the greatest form of inspiration in my mind and in my personal experience comes from connecting with and embodying nature. This experience of nature inspiration holds the key to our ability to change anything and everything. The first thing we need to recognize if we're going to assume that power is that the world isn't as it appears. Albert Einstein said, Reality is an illusion, albeit a compelling one. The work of Einstein and other physicists in the past century has revolutionized the way we perceive the world. We know that surfaces that seem solid to the touch are not. Space is not empty, but full of energy. Matter and energy are interchangeable. Mind and matter are indistinguishable. In other words, the realm of thoughts in here and things out there cannot be separated. Quantum physicist Erwin Schrodinger wrote in his memoirs, The world is given to me only once, not one existing and one perceived. Subject and object are only one. The barrier between them cannot be said to have broken down as a result of recent experience in the physical sciences, for this barrier does not exist. This is such a powerful statement. It essentially offers an answer to the question, if a tree falls in the forest and no one is there to hear it, does it make a sound? What Schrodinger is saying is that without an observer, there is no tree, there is no forest and there is no sound. But wait, you say, surely there is a world out there, outside of me. And I would ask you, how do you know? The only way you know that that world exists is that it lives within 
the field of your awareness. David Bohm, who's one of my great influences, said that consciousness enfolds the entire world. Einstein added, Imagination is more important than knowledge. Knowledge is limited. Imagination encircles the world. The human mind and its capacity to imagine is extraordinarily powerful. At the same time, it can also be extremely limiting. In a way, your mind is a valve that limits the flow of experience. Psychological research for the past 80 years has confirmed that we can only experience something if it fits within our conceptual framework. As someone who's devoted his life to the study of the human mind, I can tell you that I love the life of the mind, and at the same time, I know that sometimes it gets in our way. It can restrict what we are able to feel, to know, and to do. In the experience of nature inspiration, we escape the confines of the mind so that we can experience what it is like to embody nature. In his book, Wholeness and the Implicate Order, Bohm argues that the underlying reality beneath the surface of appearances is dynamic wholeness. I call this wholeness nature. Bohm claims that our perception of continuity in the world is actually an illusion. He writes, Matter and life are a recurrent stable order of unfoldment in which a certain form undergoing regular changes manifests again and again, but so rapidly that it appears to be in continuous existence. He draws the analogy between our perceived reality and a movie. When we're watching a movie, we think that we're seeing a continuous flow of images, but that is not really the case. What we are actually seeing is a set of still frames, and our minds fill in the gaps between those frames to create the illusion of movement. In the same way, Bohm argues, the universe of form that surrounds and engulfs us is emerging from wholeness and merging back into wholeness at every moment. We think that the trees and the sky and the buildings and the animals and plants and humans that we encounter every day are continuously there, but they are actually being created and recreated at every moment. This idea is consistent with the teachings of Zen master D.T. Suzuki, who wrote that the creative process is not historical, not accidental, not at all measurable. It goes on continuously without cessation, with no beginning, with no end. It is not an event of yesterday or today or tomorrow. It comes out of timelessness, of nothingness, of absolute void, in an absolute present. The dynamic wholeness that we call nature divides itself into an entire universe at every instant and then reabsorbs that universe into itself at the same instant. Time itself is an illusion. Theoretical physicist Carlo Rovelli confirms that time does not exist outside of the human mind. There is a continuous flow that is ultimately indivisible. Although we divide it into past, present, and future, this is purely a construction of our own minds. 
So here we have a situation in which the entire universe is flowing in and out of being constantly and steadily. And yet all the elements that are being combined and recombined are always there and have always been there. Again, we turn to physics for the proof. There's a law of conservation of matter and a law of conservation of energy, which are essentially one and the same. According to this fundamental assumption of physics, nothing in the universe can ever be created or destroyed. All creation essentially happens in the human realm, within the dimensions of space and time, both of which are ultimately mental constructs. Do you see how extraordinary this is? We are making and remaking the world from scratch, from wholeness at every moment because we represent the ultimate creative aspect of nature. Under the right circumstances, of course we can make and remake the world. The ongoing creative process described by Bohm and by Suzuki is happening within us here and now. The only thing that impedes it is our own self-imposed limitations. I have spent a lifetime learning how to transcend those limitations by silencing the mind in such a way that I can embody nature fully during my moments of nature inspiration. David Bohm compared reality to a hologram. Mathematicians like Mandelbrot introduced the notion of a fractal. The wholeness of nature is embedded, or to use Bohm's preferred term, enfolded into every layer of the perceived universe. When I can silence my mind and experience myself fully as an embodiment of nature, I can feel the entire universe emerging from me and merging into me here and now at this very moment, which is no moment at all, because there's no way to divide the eternal now into individual separable moments. What I am describing is purely experiential. Although I cannot prove it to you, I can show you how to have that experience for yourself. And there is no better proof than that. Once you know what it feels like to be nature embodied, there's no turning back. Then and only then you know what it is like to live in paradise. As I've said before on this podcast, Paradise is the condition of being perfectly aligned with nature, so that the statement, nature am I, is not just a bunch of words. It is the very core of who you are. As an embodiment of nature, all the creative power of the universe resides within you. In Deep Creativity, I described in detail how you tap into that power by developing a set of core qualities that I call the Deep Six. These include passion, quiescence, receptivity, self-transcendence, unconventionality, and vision. As with most other skills, the development and refinement of these six qualities is a matter of practice. Consider Malcolm Gladwell's notion of the 10,000-hour rule. If you practice something for 10,000 hours, you will develop mastery. It's almost inevitable. There are two basic reasons that you would want to learn how to experience nature inspiration on a consistent basis. First of all, it's like an awakening to the fullness of life. 
In previous episodes and on my blog, I have described nature inspiration as the greatest feeling in the world. I'll grant you that that sounds like hyperbole, but you would have to show me something greater in order to refute this claim. In all my years, I have yet to find anything that can compare with nature inspiration. But boy, I'd sure love to be proven wrong. So here's my challenge to you. I'll show you how to experience nature inspiration. And if you have an experience that you think is even better, I welcome you to show me. Now, the second reason why nature inspiration is an experience worth cultivating is that humanity is in dire need of it right now. It appears like human civilization is in the process of collapse. We are living in a time of enormous instability. As a student of nature, I know that the stability of a system is related to energy. The more stable a system is, the lower its internal or potential energy. And conversely, higher energy systems are more unstable. Nature encompasses all extremes, cooperation and competition, peace and violence, love and hate, greed and selflessness, thriving and withering. When you look around you in the natural world, you see that one end of the continuum is more stable than the other. As Elizabeth Saturis pointed out in episode two, healthy, mature ecosystems favor cooperation over competition. Resources are shared rather than hoarded. Organisms and species live in peace rather than acting out aggression. We can all feel the instability that fills us and surrounds us right now. We are living in a time where energy is building up towards an enormous release. Think of this buildup as you would combustible or flammable liquids exposed to heat, or free radicals colliding in the atmosphere, the electrical discharge that happens in a lightning storm, or the gigantic release of energy that happens in a nuclear reaction when radioactive isotopes find their way to a more stable state. This unstable condition we're all living in right now is of our own creation. It took so much energy to get us here. Wars and oppression, the seizing and controlling of natural resources by an elite few. Think of the stress and strain you might be feeling right now. That is a buildup of energy, of tension in your body. We are headed towards an enormous release of energy that will bring us to a more stable condition as a species. This release can happen in one of two ways, controlled or uncontrolled. This is where you come in and why nature inspiration can be so meaningful. When you're inspired, you will find ways to channel that energy constructively, productively, in ways that serve humanity rather than annihilating it. Nature can release energy either explosively through wildfires, hurricanes, tornadoes, etc., or in precise, controlled, incremental ways. Think about why it is that your body does not spontaneously combust. Believe it or not, spontaneous combustion is a real thing. There are recorded instances where this has happened to humans and other animal species. So many of the molecules that make up our bodies are high energy fuels, and those fuels are reacting with oxygen. 
but your body is constructed in such a way that such oxidation reactions happen in small steps. This is called oxidative phosphorylation. Energy is extracted from the foods we eat in the presence of oxygen and then stored in the phosphates that make up ATP, the primary means of energy storage in the body. What does all this have to do with what is happening right now in our world? One way or another, humanity is going to move to a more stable state. One way can be extreme and destructive. The other way can be controlled, precise, and extremely productive. You and I have the opportunity to show the world this is how we live more in alignment with nature in peaceful, sustainable, and balanced ways, sharing the beauty and the resources of the world fairly with one another, and eliminating waste and greed completely. Not to mention hate, racism, intolerance, and oppression. In moments of nature inspiration, you and I have access to all of nature's wisdom, to the entire set of knowledge that exists in the universe. Whether or not we can hold on to some of that knowledge and apply it in ways that can benefit not just ourselves and our families, but our society and all the other species with whom we share this planet, something that is really up to us. And it's all about developing and refining our skills. Through this podcast, I've had the privilege and opportunity so far to meet and interview some of the visionaries that I believe are making a difference, offering clear paths to a stable, thriving human civilization. Might you be one of those people? Thanks for listening. Until next time, stay tuned, stay well, and stay inspired. have been listening to the Nature MI podcast. To learn more about what we're doing to bring humanity more into balance with nature, please visit us at naturemi.com. We also welcome your ideas and feedback. If you would like to be a guest on a future podcast, let us know about your nature-inspired solutions and strategies. Thanks for listening.